Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We're going to have a lot of cool stuff coming, uh, not only on my Instagram page, NASCAR Report, uh, with our friends at ESPN Northwest Florida, uh, but also here in the podcast. We uh, likely will uh, introduce some new guests, some new you know guest co-hosts as well uh, throughout the year. We have a lot of fun stuff planned, but the most exciting part about right now is that we have the LA Clash coming up right around the corner, just, uh, just in the blink of an eye. The offseason is already over, and the LA Clash is this weekend, February. February is already upon us, and you know what that means. That means it is time for the clash. It means it is time for speed weeks. Um, and, you know, different uh, ever since we implemented the clash at the Coliseum. We've had the clash, and then we have a week off, which usually ends up being Super Bowl weekend. And then we jump into the Daytona 500, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, kind of gives you a little little time to breathe, uh, you know, going into speed weeks, especially since speed weeks, or speed week, I should say, begins on Wednesday. Um, and then goes all the way through Sunday. I'll be there for Daytona. Very um, excited about that. But the uh, LA Clash coming up this weekend. It has the Cup Series on tabs as usual, but a different little twist this year. They're going to add in the NASCAR Mexico Series to the event, and that is uh, going to be see- uh, cool to see how that pans out. I was interested to see what they were going to do with it, um, but they are going to air it on FS1, everything. It's going to be live. Um, Adam Alexander, Michael Waltrip, and I believe Brad Keselowski are going to be in the booth calling that race. That will be uh, on Sunday on the big uh, race day. So Saturday basically be filled with practices and the heats. Different this year. All the heats will take place the day before. They originally weren't going to have any fans for that uh, event, but now uh, they will. So... <laughs> I mean, you know, if you want to get the draw of the fans, if you want to get everybody in there, I think that's the right thing to do. So fans will have access on Saturday to see the Mexico Series practice, the Cup Series practice, qualify, and the heats all in one day. So it's going to be a jam-packed Saturday. So I was struggling to figure out, you know, we all were, why they wouldn't have fans in attendance uh, for that event. And uh, But now they have changed the guard, and uh, we will have fans in attendance on Saturday and obviously on Sunday with the big event uh, taking place, the L.A. Clash. So... A big season to look forward to, a lot to unfold. We're not going to unfold it all here just in this podcast, probably more. Uh, so, you know, the next week and the week after as we get into Daytona, but kind of just some general things, some general offseason things because we didn't have any shows over the off season. But a lot of the points we're going to hit today, we're going to be talking about the Clash. We're going to be talking about uh, our current Cup and Xfinity rosters uh, going into the season and then also kind of the 2024 schedule, my thoughts, um, you know, especially after – you know, I had a lot of thoughts when the schedule first dropped. Now I've had some time to, uh, you know, let it let it marinate, let it sit in. And, uh, you know, some of my thoughts are still the same. Some I've, you know, maybe calmed down a little bit, got acclimated to. But nonetheless, uh, still looking forward to this season, as always, no matter what happens. It's always going to be a great uh, and thrilling NASCAR season for all three series, Cup, Xfinity, Trucks. Every season looks, every series looks uh, very loaded this year. Lots of changes, lots of names. Um very stacked field new teams uh up and down so gonna be a lot of fun to watch so we kind of look at what the 
the the LA Clash entry list looks like. We can look at what, what guys you were going to see in this race, and you know, different from years past in like Budweiser Shootout, the Clash back when we had it at Daytona. Um, everybody, everybody is involved here in the Clash, but obviously you have the heat races to advance into the main, and so pretty much the entire field is what you are going to be seeing this year in the NASCAR Cup Series, with the exception for just a few part-time cars. Um, part-time full-time cars, part-time cars with charters. Those cars are being the 15 of Rick Ware Racing that will be piloted by Kaz Gralla for 25 races. So he'll be in there for a good amount. I don't see it as being something where he, you know, somehow finds 10 races with another team. If he does, that'd be great. You know, he, he does, you know, he found the Daytona 500 um, with, uh, with the front row. And so I think that's great for him and that team. Um, so he is, he's got 26 out of the 36 races on the schedule filled out. Um, and so, you know, we'll see what happens, uh, with him going forward. Uh, Josh Williams will be in the 16 car for the clash and that 16 colleague racing cards were driven full time by AJ Allmendinger last year will now be a part-time chartered car. Um, part-time as in drivers all across the board are going to be part-time. That car though itself is going to be full-time. Obviously, you know, it's going to be a chartered vehicle. So we will also see how that works out. But other than that, um, entry list. All full-time drivers still the same. We can kind of run down kind of, you know, new faces, new places. Obviously, first and foremost, Kevin Harvick is retired, and that driver taking over him is Josh Berry uh, in the number four. Uh, you know, his first time with Ford, first time with Stuart Haas Racing. Brand new relationship over there. I don't expect it to click right away. But Josh Berry's been in these situations where he's had to jump in a Cup Series car with, you know, little experience, little sim time, little testing, and done pretty well, you know, driving the, the 9 and the 48. Not insane, but I think he's done uh, pretty well in, you know, in the with the with the resources and the time he was given. So, you know, do I expect him to be taking off right away? No, but, you know, down the road, I do expect this to be a good long partnership. And I would assume Josh Berry maybe – Maybe not a playoff driver this year, um, but hopefully 2025 for them would certainly be the goal because I know there's a lot to, a lot of stuff to work out uh, this season. You know, we stay along with that same team. A lot of changes with Stuart Haas Racing. They changed their logo. They also changed a lot of their drivers. They signed Noah Gregson, uh, who did not get to complete last year, uh, although he really wasn't having a great year anyways with the 42 Legacy Motor Club. They were just very abysmal for a majority of the year. Um, but he kind of gets a chance with a fresh start with Ford Performance. Once again, another Chevy driver moving over to Ford, and that's Noah Gregson driving the 10 in place of Eric Amarola, who's now retired, driving uh, part-time in the Xfinity Series for Joe Gibbs Racing, but retired from full-time Cup Series competition. And so Noah Gregson will be in that number 10 Stuart Haas Racing Ford. Um, don't expect too much, uh, again, from that team this year, but hopefully something to build on going into next year because um, as far as Stuart Haas racing I'm looking towards Ryan Priest I'm looking towards Chase Briscoe I think both of them are capable of being playoff drivers more so being Chase Briscoe obviously very close to being an Xfinity Series champion uh, very close to getting the championship four you know just two years ago back in 2022 so I think that's somebody who you know they had a bad year last year they had still some great showing of uh, speed but you know Kevin Harvick retired and that was their flagship guy, right? That was the guy that was always going to be consistent week in, week out, while everybody was kind of in the back of the field, lagging off. So um, Chase Briscoe is going to have to be that guy to step up for Stuart Haas Racing. We kind of roll down the list here. A lot of guys that kind of returned on, like, one-year deals. Harrison Burton uh, back with Wood Brothers Racing. Um, but you look at that 31, Daniel Hemrick. 
former Cup Series driver, went back down to the Xfinity Series with Joe Gibbs Racing, moved over to College Racing, so moved back to Chevrolet after winning the championship. Didn't really have that great of a year last year. You know, his consistency was there, but that's been the story of Daniel Hemrick's career, right? Consistency. Nothing too incredible, but also not getting those checkered flags. And so his only win, you know, in the NASCAR National Series coming in the championship race, which, you know, by all means, it was an amazing feat. Great job for him to pull that off. But at the same time, um, you know, he's going to definitely need to show something obviously being you know the flagship driver for college racing now right you go there uh back down in the xfinity series it's you know a part-time schedule for the 10 you know daniel die running some races in there but then you have aj allmendinger who's going to be chasing a title josh williams going to be in the 11 car uh, you move up to the cup series the 16 car being a part-time um you know a, a multiple driver car uh daniel hemrick is the flagship guy for college racing and, and uh he's gonna have to do so this season and you know they didn't have that great of a year last year in the cup series they're going to need to rebound with this next gen car hopefully this year is a year they can kind of put all their chips forward with daniel hemrick and uh hopefully maybe pull off a win somewhere you never know um so you move down the entry list not new drive well there's a new driver in the 42 john hunter nemechek but he comes from toyota and that comes with a move here i'm really liking where this team is going um obviously you know it's going to take all the pieces to come together you know during the season we're gonna have to see the speed out of the race car but at least beforehand right they got lots of partners lots of sponsors uh lots of personnel they're bringing into that organization you can tell they're really really taking this seriously obviously formerly richard petty motorsports formerly petty gms motorsports and now legacy motor club partnering with jimmy johnson um, who will be running about 10 to 11 races, I believe, this season in the 84 car. Great selection of tracks, too. He's going to, like, Dover, Kansas, Texas. I mean, I think that's pretty cool um, to see Jimmy Johnson at those racetracks. Um, kind of, you know, his bread and butter back when he was in his prime uh, racing in the Cup Series. So John Hernimacek, Eric Jones are the two full-time drivers for that team. I think as long as they can just continue the speed, keep the speed going, Toyota gives them all the resources that they need. I think they have a chance to get both of those cars into the playoffs, at least one. Um, you know, that's a lot to say just because of how stacked the field is. But Eric Jones is a guy that's been able to go out there. He's been able to show that he can get checkered flags if you give him the race car. And so I think Eric Jones could be a winner this year back with Toyota. And we know how fast John Hunter Nemechek could be with the right equipment as well. You move down the rate, uh, the uh, list here. You got three more guys kind of in new homes. Justin Haley for Rick Ware uh, Racing. Very interested to see how this partnership works out. Um, obviously taking a big gamble on his career, you know, kind of moving over there. I think this is great for Rick Ware Racing, right? You get a flagship uh, full-time driver in the seat. I mean, you can't really complain too much about that. Um, but at the same time, you know, Justin Haley moving from Colleg Racing now goes to Rick Ware Racing, who does, you know, have a partnership and alliance in the series, um, trying to increase their, you know, their, their speed and their performance with Ford Performance. Uh, going to be interesting to see how that partnership works out for the year um, and just see where their speed's at you know obviously none of us are thinking race win none of us are really only thinking playoffs either but um, let's see where their speed's at you know could they be contenders on the super speedways could he be running up from we know Justin Haley's good on super speedways do they have the speed and the you know the resources to go out there and compete for wins on the super speedways um, and that could be his gateway to success this year uh, especially with six on the schedule now we move uh, down to Zane Smith and Carson Hosevar. Spire Motorsports uh, having three cars this year, kind of increasing their resources as well, um, you know, making a big impact on the Cup Series that a lot of people, you know, some people probably saw back, you know, years ago when they entered with that 77 car, you know, starting and parking, or, well, not totally starting and parking, but just starting and running in the back, you know. Um, 
but now kind of just becoming this three-horse organization here where all three of those guys, you don't really know what to expect here as far as speed. But, you know, if there's anything that we saw last year out of that seven car, Corey LaJoy, they can be up there and, you know, he was running top 16 of the points for a solid part of the year. Um, and they got three great drivers. They got Corey LaJoy, they got Carson Hosefar. We know the controversy surrounding him, but if there's one thing we do know, he can be fast. So Carson Hosefar is in that 77. And then Zane Smith, you know, truck series champion. Very strong in the truck series. Didn't get the championship last year, obviously, when he was in the Xfinity series. He ran pretty consistently as well. Um, and even in his you know few Cup Series races, he's gotten a run over the years. He's been pretty solid. So now he gets that full-time opportunity, signed a contract with Trackhouse, driving the 71 for Spire. Um, I think it's going to be very interesting to see. So you got some some definitely some storylines, no like big changes like we saw last year, right? Kyle Busch going to the 8 or like when Kyle Larson signed with the 5. Um, no huge, gigantic changes but a lot of changes that kind of intrigue you and you kind of just, you know, want to check all those boxes and see um, where there's where there's cars are going to end up. So going to be interesting to see with the clash this Sunday, uh, February 4th, going to be live on Fox, going to be uh, fun to watch. And that's kind of the Cup Series feel. We're going to get uh, kind of wrapping up the Cup Series feel and looking at the Xfinity Series roster here on the other side. big storylines going into this year at least for me and for those of you who have watched this podcast in the past for have watched the uh the driver's meeting podcast when i was with tommy joe obviously we we are all over the xfinity series let's just be honest um but a lot of people can attest a lot of people who maybe have tuned in the last few years that didn't before a lot of people that have always you know watched the xfinity series this series is the real deal um you know you can talk about all aspects of it you can talk about the teams that we have in the series you can talk about the storylines right you got big teams you got small teams but you got small teams that are performing really well and have to compete with these bigger organizations obviously you have you have young drivers making names for themselves you have veteran drivers in there as well still kind of just racing in that series because that's what they want to do and you could still make a career out of racing full-time in the xfinity series you know um you have seen um but also the fact that these cars that they drive right the downforce that they have the horsepower that they have um the fact that you know you could really put these cars on any track and they could put on a show um and that is just a fact that we've seen over the last really like especially last two to three years but you know we've always seen good racing xfinity series but Every year, every year, every off season, we look at all the moves that happen. We look at all these things that take place, and we think this is the strongest the Xfinity Series has ever ever been. And then the next year, right? Next year happens, and then we're like, okay, this is the strongest the Xfinity Series has been. I look at it again. I look at the moves that have happened over the off season, and I'm saying the same thing. This is the strongest the Xfinity Series has ever been they it continues to get stronger the series gets stronger you don't really look at anybody in the field here as a total back marker in the field anymore like everybody is here to compete i think there's gonna they could be close to 45 50 cars at daytona which is insane um you know the downside of that is obviously you're sending almost 10 cars home um but that's just how competitive the season is but that's how important daytona is because you know you go in a lot of these races you're not gonna have practice uh, you're gonna have practice but you know those little 20 minute practice sessions that unfortunately we still have um and then the qualifying sessions there's not a lot of time to really 
if you are not in a good spot in the owner's points, you know, it's hard to make up for that throughout the season. And Daytona is super, super important because you got to go in there. And, yes, you are going off last year's owner's points, this, that. You know, teams have moved owner's points around. Teams have purchased different owner's points. But you are still going in there to try to qualify on speed. That is your goal. You're not really worried about the points and all of that. So you look at this year's Xfinity field, and we're going to go, you know, from 0 to 99 here in the field and look at kind of what's new, what's the same um, you know, you got Cole Custer, who's back in the double zero, coming off the Xfinity Series Championship. I think that's somebody that, hey, you have another good year, which is totally capable. I think he could easily go back to back. Not easily, maybe. You know, it's going to be hard, but I think he could definitely go back to back. You know, he could be looking at, uh, you know, a return to the Cup Series next year um, or a year after that, depending on kind of where Ford is, you know, or, you know, Stuart Haas especially. Um, so the pressure is on for people like Ryan Priest, people like Noah Gregson, Josh Berry to perform just because you do have Cole Custard there. You know, he's probably going to stay in that pipeline, uh, to try and get in, get back into the cup series. Uh, kind of one unknown as you move up the numbers here is SS Greenlight racing. Uh, they obviously own both the, the zero seven and the zero eight. Usually, you know, those rides are announced really close to Daytona, but we are kind of getting to that point. Um, you know, the team I obviously expect is going to stay right there. Um, I think it could be a landing spot for J.J. Yaley, uh, who will not return to Brickware Racing next year, won't return to Cup Series Racing, uh, saying he's going to be with an Xfinity Series program, and I could see him kind of reuniting with Bobby Dodder, being their flagship driver. Whether they go to one or two cars next year, obviously I know they run with Ford sometimes, they run with Chevys. Um, I could see J.J. Yaley at least being one of their drivers. Uh, you got in the number two for RCR, Jesse Love, kind of a big, kind of something out of left field there, but definitely something that is not undeserved by any means by Jesse Love. He's, you know, ran, you know, in the Arca Series, ran some Truck Series races as well, um, obviously late models all around the country, and he's done a very good job in doing so. He's a very strong driver, very, very good young driver. Um, can ruffle some feathers at some times for sure, as people have seen, you know, in ARCA or even in the late models um, area. But I think that'll, you know, fit in perfect in that number two car that is kind of almost like looked like that blue collar nitty gritty car these last few years. Um, so he's going to take over with RCRB teammates with Austin Hill. And, you know, I have, I have high hopes for him. You know, I, I think that obviously the Richard Children's racing cars have a lot of speed. Um, and it's just about really putting all those pieces together, and we'll see what happens. Uh, we move to the number four, JD Motorsports. We don't know who's in the number six for JD Motorsports or if they're going to feel it, but we don't know Dawson Cram is currently set to run the full slate for JD Motorsports. Um, I'm sure, you know, sponsorship-based there um, for how long he'll be able to be in that car. You know, we've seen we've seen deals like that before where you get signed and kind of you announce it as a full-time deal, but you're really still trying to fill, fill out the rest of the schedule. We've seen it with Brennan Poole. We've seen it with Vargas. You know, we've seen it with so many people um, within that organization, but other organizations as well. So great opportunity, though, for Dawson Cram. He had some great moments last year driving the 74 for Mike Harmon, being able to qualify that car into a few races. So hopefully an opportunity for him to prove himself on a full schedule. Um, very tough field. So obviously they're going to be really needing to qualify into, the, into races, but we'll see how that goes. Anthony Alfredo and our motorsports reunite um, after, you know, they were together. Just a few years ago when our motorsports made the big expansion um, that is going to probably haunt them for a while. Uh, the big expansion where they expanded three cars, Jeb Burton, um, Anthony Alfredo, um, and uh, Brett Moffitt. 
for that organization, the 0-2, the 23, the 27. They went to a three-car organization. They had speed, um, just caught up in a lot of wrecks. I know there were some issues within that organization that really just you know didn't allow that what was going on there to pan out. Um, but Alfredo, after a year at BJ McLeod Motorsports, which started out well, kind of just you know down went kind of downhill after the first part of the season. He's back at our Motorsports in a newly rebranded number five car. So I think this is really what that organization needed, right? Like last year, they were kind of just there, right? They kind of ran, you know, ran here and there with David Starr, Blaine Perkins. They just really were not. You knew they were not going to contend from what you know they were capable of just a year ago, you know. Um, so I think this is a big reset for our motorsports. Definitely needed somebody that's familiar with the organization, familiar with Chevrolet, familiar with the Xfinity series, most importantly, and that's Anthony Alfredo, and kind of a good opportunity for him to really stay in a full-time organization after what you know had happened with him at BJ McLeod last year. He's hopped around a lot of Chevy organizations, especially after he you know he was with uh, um, you know front row full-time in the Cup series didn't pan out. Um, so really trying to find his identity down at Xfinity, uh, hoping for a good year for him. Junior Motorsports got one new piece in there. Obviously, Sam Mayer's back, Allgaier's back, Brandon Jones back, Dale Jr. will be back for some select races in the 88. I'm sure that 88 will come out for you know select races throughout the season. But Sammy Smith is going to be in the 8 car. He moves from Toyota. Um, kind of left a little bit unhappy uh, with some of his teammates, including John Hernemacek. Um, so that's going to be interesting. We got a lot of yeah, a lot of rivalries to go over this year in the Xfinity Series starting out, and they're all really going to be from Toyota to Chevy. Um, so Sammy Smith jumps in the eight car. I think that'll be a really good opportunity for him. Um, I mean, I think he had his best opportunity to perform in Toyota for Joe Goose Racing, and he I think he did really well. Obviously, got some checkered flags, ran up front, um, close to a championship four berth, but just ultimately did not happen in the end. But you know, come to Junior Motorsports, big opportunity for JRM as well. You lose a guy in Josh Berry, you kind of gain Sammy Smith. I think Sammy Smith has the opportunity to bring that eight car back to victory lane and uh you know get another get another car for junior motorsports in that championship four um you move over to colleague racing who sees a total overhaul here uh for the somewhat for as far as what their team was last year to this year right 10 cars going to be part-time only driver been announced so far has been daniel die um you know would expect to see you know maybe daniel hemrick here and there maybe kyle bush i'm sure um in that car um, but the big stories for me are the two full-time cars for that organization. You got Josh Williams, who finally gets that big break. I think this is really cool for him being over at DGM for so long, hopping around, you know, these um, lower-funded Chevy teams, but performing, you know, performing here and there when he had the car to do so. Now he gets that opportunity to go to Colleg Racing, um, you know, a team that is obviously, while on the cup side, they haven't been super strong. The Xfinity series has been their bread and butter. So the 11 car has been really needed to find an identity these last few years. Hopefully Josh Williams is that guy uh, to find it for him. So I think that'll be really cool if he's able to go in there and get a checkered flag. It would be an amazing story for a guy like Josh Williams. And then on the other side is A.J. Allmendinger. And that number 16 car returned to the Xfinity series. I think this was the right move just because I love seeing A.J. Allmendinger win. And I know how hard it is at the cup level. They've been struggling with their cup team. Allmendinger's still going to be there. And I think this is the role he needs because, right, you want him there because you want him to help improve the program. He can still be there. He's going to run a partial schedule. I'm sure he's going to run all the road course races. He's going to run, you know, a handful outside of that as well in the cup series. But giving him the opportunity to go back down to the Xfinity series to kind of regain um, that again 
get some checkered flags that aren't just on road courses as well and the opportunity to chase a championship that they feel like they missed out on you know those last few years before he moved up to cup i think is going to be really fun to watch him chase because he was always a contender in this series and that just adds you know to how competitive this series is going to be am racing sees a shift this year that 25 is not going to see the track at daytona maybe be a partial part-time car but that's because they're putting all their assets into their full-time driver Haley deegan and that number 15 no more brett moffitt no more 25 they move over to the 15 and it's going to be Haley deegan kind of a new reset for that team and her she stays with ford performance i think personally this is the right move for her um, and the right move for that uh, organization in my opinion um, obviously gives them a good amount of funding to continue through this year um, but at the same time um, builds a relationship with ford Haley deegan i think the move of the xfinity series is right i always believe if you truly want to prove yourself the xfinity series is the place to be truck series is great um, but definitely has a lot of pros and cons ups and downs um, that i feel like you know you just can go to the xfinity series and you can really prove yourself in that race car so Haley Deegan won Xfinity Series start under her belt when she ran that race for SS Greenlight just a few years ago. Um, so I think that uh, this year, watching her in that 15 is going to be fun to watch. Uh, you go over to Joga's Racing, a little bit of overhaul here as well. You look at the 18 car, it's going to be Sheldon Creed coming from RCR. That's one of the rivalries I'm noting on, you know, between him and Chevrolet. You also have the 81. The, the 81 is return for Joga's Racing. That's going to be Chandler Smith. Um, in that car so i think toyota you know you get two guys from chevy coming back over to toyota um, and i think those those guys are going to have opportunities to be really really strong this year um, definitely championship contenders both of them i would say um, and then that 20 car is going to be part-time split um, between kind of just a selection of drivers one of them being john hunter nemechek who will be in that car for daytona and the 19 will also be another part time car for guys like ryan truex uh, taylor gray also going to be in there as well um throughout the season so joe gibbs racing will have four xfinity cars every weekend so that's just going to add on to the competitiveness of this series which is going to be incredible to watch sam hunt racing kind of staying on the lines of toyota we know they have two cars I don't. I, I expect them to bring both cars this year, but I don't know if they're going to have a full-time driver. Uh, Sage Karam has been announced to drive the 26 for some races, including Daytona. I think that's a great opportunity for him. I think it's well-deserved. I think he deserves a full-time shot um, with that organization. But I'm sure you know sponsorship and everything has to pan out. Um, but either way, I mean, that's a great place for somebody to go and prove themselves. Sam Hunt Racing, they got, you know, they're partnered with Toyota. They got great cars. Um, not going to be as fast as Joe Gibbs Racing, but you're going to be in there and be able to run in the top 10. You know, if you really, really have a good day, uh, that is a top 10 uh, capable race car right there. Um, Jordan Anderson Racing stays the same. Jeb Burton, Parker Retzlaff for next year. RSS Racing kind of goes under. Uh, uh, some big changes this year. We know CJ McLaughlin's going to be running part time in that 38. We know Ryan Sieg's back in the 39. Kyle Sieg back full time in the 28. And Blaine Perkins moves over to that team full time in the uh, in the 29. So that'll be interesting to see how that pans out. How you know much success he has with that organization. But four basically full time teams here for RSS Racing uh, partnered with Ford. So that is really, really going to be interesting to see how much this works out going into the year. I know they got the funding to do it, it seems. Um, so hopefully the right decision for that organization. Hopefully Ryan Sieg has a good year, um, you know, and maybe can, tries to contend for the playoffs once again. Emerling Gase Racing, we don't really know all the drivers that are going to be in this, but we know 
Joey Gase is going to run some races. We know Patrick Emmerling is going to run some races. I know they hinted at having a full-time driver, then another car being a part-time car, but we haven't really heard anything yet. So interesting to see how that pans out. I had a post on Instagram of all the free agents um, that I'll go over here in a little bit. I said Ryan Newman should go to that team because I'd love to see him there uh, or just anywhere in the Xfinity series. Uh, we look at DGM Racing. Kyle Weatherman, full-time in the 91. I think that's an amazing opportunity. He is just such a great driver. And even just every race he was in that 91 car, I mean, he was performing. He was driving the wheels off that thing. He was qualifying top 10. Going to be super hard to do this year. But if there's anybody that can do it in that car, I think it's Kyle Weatherman. Josh Balicki will run a partial schedule in that 92. I don't know if the 90 will show up for, you know, usually shows up for Daytona, but we'll see. DGM usually brings four cars for Daytona. Um, but we'll see what happens. And then the 36 as well, unknown what will happen with that race car. I know Alex LeBay hopefully will probably return to some races with that team. Um, so we will see. I know um, I know there's uh, some Chevy teams that might have some races for like Ross Chastain during the Xfinity Series season, whether that being, you know, DGM or Jordan Anderson Racing. We shall see. Uh, Jesse Wooji Motorsports, not sure where that team is at on status. Uh, might reach out to him this week and just see what's up. Um, but you know, they were showing up to the restricted play races and some road course races last year. So, um, will they attend this year at Daytona? I don't know. Um, but would be interesting to see if they do. Cause usually when they do, they got speed. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens there. Brand new team in the Xfinity series. You know, this is familiar to NASCAR fans, but Young's Motorsports truck series team has moved up to the Xfinity series. They're still going to be in the truck series, but they have gained an Xfinity series entry for Leland Honeyman Jr. I think that is a really cool opportunity for Leland Honeyman. Um, he was pretty solid on the Arca scene. This is a team that he, yeah, he moved up with on the Arca scene, right? Um, and then he was able to run some Xfinity races for Alpha Prime, um, you know, in, in the limited practice time that he got, I think he was able to be pretty strong. So I think this will be a cool opportunity for him and also Young's Motorsports as well, um, showing that they are, you know, wanting to move up the ranks here and they want to be a staple in the sport for sure. Alpha Prime Racing returning with three cars in 2024, um, but with one of them being a part-time entry. So the full-time entries are Ryan Ellis in the 43. I think a big opportunity there. We know the experience under his belt um, and, you know, Great guy, great companies backing him as well. And then this is the one I'm most excited about, though, the 44 car of Brennan Poole. I think that'll be a really, really cool opportunity for Brennan Poole. We know what he's capable of when he's put in just decent equipment. You know, if Alpha Prime can really start getting on their game, getting that 44 car some speed, I think the sky's the limit for Brennan Poole in that organization. So a great two-man lineup right there. And then that 45 is going to be kind of a part-time ride during the season. I know Brad Perez uh, is going to be there. Um, but Cesar Baccarella is going to be there for Daytona and the Super Speedways, I'm sure. Um, so that's going to be interesting to watch. Mike Harmon Racing, um, we know that is going to be going back to uh, just Mike Harmon Racing. Uh, the CHK um, partnership has ended, so he'll be back at Mike Harmon Racing. Who will be in that car, though? We do not know. Maybe it'll be Mike Harmon. <laughs> we'll see. Um, Park Gligerman back at uh, Big Machine Racing. Jeremy Clemens back with his team in the 51. Uh, NBA Motorsports, we don't know exactly uh, how that team's going to look. We don't know if they'll show up to Daytona. Two cars, one, who will be in that one car. Um, but we know when they usually do, they're able to get a solid engine for it um, and able to run pretty well. Uh, so we'll see if they throw Timmy Hill or somebody else into that entry. Um, 
And then we kind of look at the uh, – I, I guess I, f- I forgot to mention one guy in the Colleague Racing fold um, who is, you know, going to be with that track house number 97, Shane Van Gisberg, and full-time in the Xfinity Series. This is a huge wild card here. I mean, super excited about this, how well he could perform in that Xfinity Series car, um, and especially on the road courses as well. Him and A.J. Allmendinger going band for band on every road course in the Xfinity s- Series this season. So I think that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, you know, as we get into the year. So that's kind of the Xfinity Series field. The season starts, um, obviously, at Daytona, race day on Saturday. But so many great storylines going into the year. I mean, 45, 50 cars we could have for Daytona. Going to be a really fun season opener. I always say one of the funnest qualifying sessions to watch of the year, um, especially when you're on pit road, being able to watch it. Such a blessing. So uh, excited for the season this year and uh we're gonna wrap up this episode with a little talk about the 2024 schedule in just a second so wrap up this episode talking about the 2024 schedule and i've been you know on and off about this all year um you know, we'll kind of just look at the Cup Series schedule because that is the flagship schedule. And I'm going to give you my thoughts straight up and my opinions and everything as I kind of read down here. Because I'm sure there's been some changes I might have forgot about as I read it. So we're going to get give a, a raw look at this schedule here. So obviously, we start with the LA Clash. We move to Daytona uh, for Speed Week. And then we're going to start with the negative here. Next week, we go straight to Atlanta. Um, I think that is utterly stupid. Um why you know for like for the teams for the drivers for for the fans too um i think it's cool when you have super speedway races spread out throughout the year right it seems like once every few months you have that super speedway race and that's what kind of makes it okay that's what you know doesn't oversaturate super speedway racing because you just see it once every few months you know um, and it kind of just is that wild card race. Why are we having two back to back? I don't understand it whatsoever. Um, Atlanta this early in the season. Um, I get it if this was the old Atlanta, but this is the new Atlanta. We know what Atlanta is. And two super speedways back to back just seems stupid for the race teams, seems stupid for drivers. Um, with how big we see these crashes, how long it can take to recover. I'm sure driver would enjoy going to Las Vegas after Daytona instead of crashing or flipping at Daytona and then just going right back to Atlanta. So um, this one I think is definitely one of the more ridiculous changes in the schedule, Um, plain and simple. Um, I think hopefully this doesn't last more than a year. Hopefully there's uproar about it. I really hope so. I, I'm really hoping it's, it, it goes wrong because I don't see any way it can go right. Like it already is wrong. Like no matter which way you put it, going to two super speedways in a row is a dumb idea in my opinion. But that's just my unfiltered response there. Anyways, we carry on with Vegas, Phoenix, right? A little West Coast swing, no uh, auto club this year. Is that as being remodeled or whatever's happening over there? Uh, very sad. We uh, go to Bristol, which is not on the dirt. I think that is a W, uh, in my opinion. I think if we're going to go to a dirt track, let's go to a track that already has dirt on it and uh, run a actual dirt race there uh, and stop ruining our probably still best short track in the business, and that is Bristol Motor Speedway. Um, so what's cool here, I think, is we are getting – I think we get two 500-lap Bristol races this year. Yeah, Bristol Night Race, 500 laps. This one's going to be 500 laps. It's pretty solid. So 
And this Bristol race will obviously be during the day. So we haven't really seen a Bristol day race in a while. Um, so I think that'll be just a, just a nice refresher. And it still kind of brings the authenticity of that Bristol night race later in the year, which is one of the best races of the year. So W move there. So, so far we got one W one L, uh, we go to circuit of the Americas. Um, I think, um, first word course of the year, fine spot for it. Um, it's usually been in that spot all year long. I'm writing a tally right next to me, W's and L's that we can go over here. So we got Richmond, Martinsville, Texas, Talladega, Dover, Kansas, Darlington, right? Solid list of tracks there. You go to the All-Star Race. All-Star Race returns to North Wilkesboro Speedway. I think that is pretty uh, dope. Glad it is returning there, and hopefully at some point, you know, track keeps going up. Hopefully sometime it is on the schedule soon. Um, then you go to Charlotte, Coke 600, Worldwide Technology Raceway at Gateway, and then Sonoma. That wraps up the Fox portion of the season. And then you kick it off on USA Network with Iowa Speedway. That'll be a W for me. Iowa Speedway, I think, is, like, literally top ten tracks, um, at least that, like, NASCAR's been to. Because, um, you know, you got your, you know, other tracks around the world, like Irwindale. You got, um, why is it slipping my mind? What's that one What's that one short track? Uh, Winchester. Winchester. God, lovely track. Um, but Iowa Speedway, just incredible. I mean, it is, like, literally, it is literally a multi-groove short track. You know, we haven't seen NASCARs on it in a while, but from the ARCA races I've seen the past few years, you're still able to run that track the same. So when Xfinity goes back there, that race is going to be a banger. Interested to see kind of how the new cup cars run there because we've never seen cup cars run there in general. But we never, obviously have never seen the next-gen cars run there. So I'm interested to really see how that race pans out. But like I'm saying, multi-groove, short track. I mean, what more can you ask for? Another W in the bank there. You go to New Hampshire, Nashville, first race in primetime NBC. Chicago Street Race returns I think is a great idea. Um, being there in person, it is so different. Um, but I think that's what definitely makes it unique. And I really think this just brings the ability to be able to now, I think, I think the goal here needs to be to have street races moving around maybe every two years. Um, because, you know, Chicago is great, great hosts, blah, blah, blah. But if this works, we can literally do this anywhere else as well. Um, and so obviously, you know, Chicago considered one of my hometowns was amazing experience but even with all of that first of all let's go back to chicagoland second of all um i believe we could take that anywhere else you could do street race in new york we could go to anywhere any any city any downtown bring the nascar to them um and see how that works and kind of make you know makes make cities fight for it you know make cities bid for it if it really is a positive impact on everything there um Indianapolis Motor Speedway, back to the Brickyard. I'm going to put another W in the column there because I think that is a great decision. Well, I think the Indy Road Course is wonderful. Um, I think the Brickyard, the Oval, is where the Cup Series belongs. Um, now, if we want to talk about the Xfinity Series, we want to talk about My Dream Weekend. I've been saying this for years, forever. And I've been saying it especially since we did it in 2020, literally did it in 2020. The Xfinity Series ran on the Indy Road Course which made that event unique, right? They were on NBC, got, I think, one of the highest viewerships of the season. Cup Series on the Indy Oval got like 5 million, 6 million viewers because then that makes that event authentic. So I think you do the Cup Series on the on the Oval. Um, you do the Xfinity Series on the road course. You have the Truck Series over at IRP, Arco over at IRP. I think that just makes for an incredible race weekend. Um, but also, you know, still interested to see how the Xfinity cars do on the Oval. 
but I think the really um, the really cool marketing, you know, getting the best of both worlds thing to do would be Xfinity on the road course, Cup Series on the oval, because then you could also still have IndyCar there on the road course. Uh, but I think I think that's over. I don't think they're doing that um, crossover weekend anymore, just because of with uh, where the the date is. So. After that, we go to Richmond, to Michigan, and here's where we're going to throw another L into the column. Daytona is not the cutoff race anymore, um, and Darlington is not kicking off the playoffs, so we're going to make that a double L. Double L right there. Daytona has been, like, if it's not in the 4th of July, as the cutoff race was perfect. And the fact that they moved it, I think, is another stupid move. What I just want to know what what they didn't see or what were what were we looking for here what what wasn't great enough about that last chance date like for what we have with the playoff system for what we've made it to be winning in it is literally like you literally cannot draw more of a perfect scenario perfect last shot than daytona um to end the regular season so dumb move there in my opinion and then to have the cutoff race be darlington that's cool and all but kicking off the playoffs darlington was great I mean, Darlington, that it, like it, it really was a staple in there, right? It used to be Chicago, and now, now it's Darlington. I think it was just a staple. It was great. Um, and so I really don't understand that move there either. But to be the cutoff race, fine. But it's just you're taking away – like it, it's still the same scenario, right? You still go to Daytona, and, yes, you're still winning in. But it's just you can't beat that last chance race going into Daytona, um, you know, and I guess if you want to try to, you know, look at it optimistically, you can still look at it as like, okay, this is the last chance, but it's better for the points battles to be decided at Darlington. I get that, but still, I just think Daytona with the Daytona 500, and then you go to Daytona when it wasn't on 4th of July weekend, that was the peak of that second Daytona race. It literally still had its own race. Like nobody can make an argument to take that away and have Daytona only be one race of the year. Um so I put that as a double L, Darlington not in the playoffs as well. We're going to uh, go with another L here, another L on the board. Uh, so before, so far we're up to four L's, three W's, Atlanta Motor Speedway kicking off the playoffs. Why? Like, why? Number one, I'm not going to make this two separate L's, but number one, um, you already have a, a super speedway in the playoffs, and it already messes up enough in my opinion. But it's needed because, right, it's every track – you know, every track, every kind of track is in the playoffs. Okay, I get it. Um, but why? I, I don't think this was needed. Um, and I think the second thing is, it's not a night race. Last year's night race was literally a certified banger. It got cut short due to rain, I understand. But last year's night race at Atlanta was one of the best races I watched all year. Um, that was just, it was just insane. I mean, dudes were just everywhere and it's it's just not your average super speedway race either it's just different there's something different about atlanta and i'm really i think what's going to be really fun to see how that track ages and see what happens over time after that track gets older that surface see if it gets bumpy like it was before because it already is a little bumpy it's already a little uneasy driving around there i'm interested to see what happens when that track ages i think and hopefully they tear the restrictor plates off the xfinity series cars they're going to be flying around there um but yeah, definitely uh, L there. Land on the playoffs, not needed. Three o'clock race, also not needed because you have a day race earlier in the season. There's lights there. We used them last year. It was perfect. A summer race at Atlanta under the lights, but uh, perfect isn't enough, I guess. 
We'll uh, even the columns here. W, Watkins, Glenn in the playoffs. I like this. Um, I get we have the Roval in the playoffs, and I get, you know, that could be considered as the road course. But the Roval, in my opinion, that's its own beast. And by the way, if you want in my opinion whether we should have kept it or we were the Charlotte Oval, keep the damn Roval. I mean, the Roval is, number one, it's hilarious. And and number two, it's it's produced good races, like interesting races. Like, I know we have the added in factor of it's the cutoff race for one of the rounds, but still, it's fun. I like the Roval, so I like to keep it. Um, so Watkins Glen, the playoffs is cool. It gives you really a true road course in there. And kind of, just like I noted earlier, having every type of track in the playoffs, it really kind of solidifies that. So I think that is good. Cutoff races, Bristol, magical Bristol night race. Cutoff for the first round has always been a great show. Glad they kept that there. Kansas, Talladega, Charlotte, kind of just the throwaway round in my opinion. That's where the playoffs kind of start to get stupid. Um, because you have Kansas, and that's pretty much it, right? If you have a bad race at Kansas, good luck. you got to go make it up at Talladega on the Roval, and you're pretty much screwed because <laughs> there is a 20% chance that you're doing that. There's a chance. You can do it. It's racing, but you're probably not. Um, so Las Vegas, Homestead, Martinsville, that's the final round. Um, and then Phoenix as the championship race. I think just keeping it there is an L and for next year. But... So we, we can put another L in the column there. So we got five L's. Um, and if we can be talking about a lot of the things that they kept on the schedule, I can put two more W's. So we're, we're going to end it at like six W's, five L's, which in my opinion, we shouldn't have that many L's. Um, but that's just my opinion. Um, I know other people probably are in more so support of those moves maybe. I'd love to hear why. Um, but, you know, nonetheless, it's going to be a great season. It's going to be a great year, another jam-packed year, Cup, Xfinity, Truck, Arca, everything. Uh, Cars Tour is now electric now, or it's been electric, but now it's really starting to hit that mainstream flow, so that's going to be a lot of fun. But going to be a great season, going to talk more about it here in the coming weeks, especially as we unpack what we saw in the Clash. Um, going to be a fun year for me, I'm hoping, personally, uh, trying to plan to move to Charlotte here. I'm looking for each and every uh, opportunity, considering every one of them, um, but definitely open to anything for next year. Um, so, you know, holla, holla at your boy. I'm open to every, anything and everything, um, but continuing kind of in the, in the media biz right now here from at home in Tampa, um, doing a lot of the cool things with the Instagram page, NASCAR report. I'm going to be, uh, kind of going to be creating our own store here soon or my own store, uh, website kind of thing. I'm really fun, really interested, intrigued to see how that project works out. Um, we're going to be doing a lot of things, giveaways on the page, partnering with some different uh, companies. going to be a lot of fun. Um, so really looking forward to this year. I think 2024 is going to be a big year, big year for the sport, hopefully a big year for me. And uh, thank you guys uh, for tuning in the Pace Laps podcast. We're going to be hopefully active all year long. Matthew Narvaez will be on here with me. I know he's got a busy schedule. He's got school. He's got a lot of things going on. Um, so he couldn't be with, here, here with me today. Um, but you know, we're going to have a lot of great guests on here. A lot of get like guest co-hosts, things like that. Um, going to be a lot of fun. So thank you guys for tuning in to the pace laps podcast. Um, and I'll see you guys next week.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.